If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Yo, what the heck is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kind of Funny X-Cast, your home for all things Xbox here at Kind of Funny. Of course, I'm one of your hosts, Snowbike Mike, and today I'm joined by both of my gaming dads, Mr. Paris Lilly and Gary Witta. Gary, I'll start off with you. How the heck are you? It's Tuesday. We're recording live on a Tuesday afternoon. It's a short week since our last record last week, and we're posting on a Wednesday. How are you doing on a Tuesday, Gary? Yeah, it's a bit a bit discombobulating doing this first uh, uh, midweek show. Well, like you say, we just we, we just did one on Friday, so now this is the first you know, week moving to the new schedule. We're back here again because I was just here with you like just now. We're back again, which is you know obviously I have no complaints about that. And also, I think the first show that Paris and I have been on together in a while because we keep missing each other. So I know, right? good to be good to have the whole crew back. Heck yeah, it's always great to have the whole crew back. And I know you both are going to bring the energy today. And we're actually going to start off with some big positive energy. Because Paris Lily, right before the show, went live. A tweet almost snuck by my eye, but I caught it. Destiny the Game on Twitter did an awesome hero profile of you, Paris Lily. It says, a content creator since 2016 and a gamer since the 1980s. Paris Lily is, a de- is dedicated to making gaming welcoming for everyone. Learn his story and unlock a brand new in-game emblem. Heroes welcome. Paris, there you are on the Destiny Twitter account, on the Destiny website. Did you ever think that was going to be possible and ha- ever happen in your life? No, and I'm, I'm obviously very, very flattered by by Bungie uh, doing that. Yeah, they had reached out to me a few weeks ago, so I, I knew this was coming. I did just didn't know exactly when, but um, yeah, I'm I'm very thankful for that. And obviously, you know, I talk about the game all the time. You know, I've had so many great memories playing Destiny over the years that, yeah, it's quite the honor to be recognized as a part of their community. So I do thank them. If I could have, give one slight correction, though, they listed 2016. I'm old. I've actually been doing this content creation stuff since 2006. So you that'd be what? the only thing. Small correction on their tweet. I will say on the Hero Spotlight, Mr. Lilly, it does say has been a content creator since 2006. So just a small yeah, a little, little flub ball. right there, but yeah. that's all right. I, I do love the Hero Spotlight, of course. If you go over to the big Destiny.net blog post, you get to see this awesome picture of Paris. You get to read up all about it. Really cool stuff, Paris. So big congratulations to you on that one. And a great way to kick off this week's X-Cast, of course, celebrating you. And Gary, I'm going to kick it back to you one more time because I want to celebrate you for a second. Gundog. Going down over on Twitch.tv slash Gary Witta. How are we feeling right now? I'm I'm very excited. I'm genuinely surprised and very flattered that you would because I know people probably assume that I'm twisting your arm behind the scenes for you to bring this stuff up. <laughs> but you but I'm really not. Like uh, you're 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 choosing to do this because you're a good friend. Yeah. Um, so people will be hearing this on a Wednesday, right? Next Wednesday, one week from 
uh, today. We'll be kicking it off live with uh, episode one. It's a nine episode, nine hours, nine weekly episodes um, of a uh, audio adaptation of my own science fiction novel that's coming out later this fall, uh, performed by Shannon Woodward from The Last of Us with music by Austin Wintory. We've also got a special guest performer showing up in episode three, which I think is really going to surprise and delight people. It's really, really fun. I've been working on it on and off for the last couple of years. Uh, if you want to come join uh, the live broadcast every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Pacific starting next week, you can go to twitch.tv slash Gary Or if you want to just listen um, on your own schedule, uh, you can just type Gundog, G-U-N-D-O-G, into your favorite podcast engine, and it'll go find it for you. All the episodes will be archived as podcast episodes as well. Heck yeah, both of my gaming dads doing some dope stuff this week. You guys are always doing dope stuff, and I love getting to celebrate and hear all about it. And you know who else is doing dope stuff? Xbox, because we got a good show planned for all of you right now. Of course, xCloud Gaming is up, and we have some fun comments from PlayStation about the upcoming Activision Blizzard uh, purchase from Microsoft that we're going to talk about in just a moment, because, of course, this is the kind of funny Xcast we post each and every Wednesday at 6 a.m. West Coast, Best Coast time on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, RoosterTeeth.com, and, of course, on podcast services around the globe. It is a new week, but we're still coming off the high of SummerSlam and the big announcement that Greg Miller now has his own WWE show. This is awesome, and it's live right now on Peacock each and every Friday. Greg Miller and the WWE team are going to celebrate something that's awesome in the WWE and wrestling world, and you don't want to miss out. Of course, the fame has gone to Greg's head, and he needs you. He needs your help. Please tweet or Instagram a picture of yourself watching This Is Awesome on your screen. Tag WWE and tell them that Game Over Greggy put your butt in that seat to enjoy the content. It would mean the world to him. And, of course, the team here are kind of funny because we love celebrating all of the wins here as a community. Don't forget we are now Epic Games partners, which means if you are buying games off the Epic Games store, if you're upgrading your look in Fortnite or maybe buying the season pass or buying things off the Rocket League store, please use our Epic Creator Code, kind of funny, at checkout to help support the team. And talking about support, each and every week, we'd like to give a big shout-out to our Patreon producers, and it's a brand-new month, August, right now, as we start to round out out of summer. We want to give a big thank you to our Patreon producers for the month, Fargo Brady, Delaney Twinning, James Hastings, and Casey Andrews. Of course, this week, the Kind of Funny X-Cast is sponsored by Chime and Me Undies, but myself and the team will tell you all about that in just a little bit. Guys, let's jump into the show with a fun little question coming from the community. Best friend of the show, Derek, wrote in and says, Paris Lily and Gary Witta, I'm a hardcore Sony pony, but recently I've been very tempted to do a total switch to Xbox for Game Pass, the ease of customizing my controllers, and playing on the go. What would you say to someone like me who has their heart into PlayStation but feels the tug to join the Xbox family? Paris, I'll let you go off first. He's feeling the tug. How are you going to pull in Derek into the Xbox family? What words would you tell him? I mean, I would literally tell him to go subscribe to Game Pass. That'd be the first thing I would say because it's going to basically unlock the entire Xbox ecosystem. It's going to be at your, at your finger fingertips. So no matter what genre, whatever type games you're into, you're going to be able to try them all out and see what you would like that comes out of Xbox. So I would say do that if you can find a series x obviously go grab a series x but series s seems to be a lot more accessible these days and obviously it's a cheaper price so that might be a great entry 
in, into the world of Xbox. Go go pick up a Series S, subscribe to Game Pass, and just start trying out some games. That that'd be my advice. I like that, Gary. What what would you say to someone on the fence and possibly looking to jump over onto the Xbox side with us? I'm still processing the idea of a hardcore console fan switching. Right? Yeah, that's that's, that's such a <laughs> like. How yeah. often do you hear about that? I mean, again, we we talk a lot about you know, the console wars and you know, I, I know you, me and Paris all agree that all that stuff is very silly and you should just play the games that you like, whatever format that they're on. And I'm glad to see the conversation, at least at kind of the corporate level, like the Phil Spencers and Jim Ryan's of the world talking about how they want to play each other's games. And again, we, we're trying to get past all the tribalism stuff, but for the, but for the, you know, the platform warriors who are out there, you know, who are constantly kind of, you know, tweeting up a storm and talking about how their <laughs> chosen platform is better than someone <laughs> else's. It's it's rare to have that kind of moment. I think it's like you know. I think there are people out there for whom their their console of preference, whether it be Sega uh, back in the day or Nintendo, you know, Sony and, and Xbox today. Um, I, I think there are people that kind of wear that loyalty almost like a sports team that they follow, right? The idea of like tra- changing your sports team, like that's that's heresy, right? No one would do that. It's, you're you're in it for life, and so I think a lot of people would would find that strange. But I I fully support it. Again. Go where the games are. Reevaluate all the time. Uh, if you're fortunate enough to be able to own more than one console, brilliant. You'll have access to everything. But you've got to, if you've got to make one choice, I think just being able to kind of, um, you know, kind of unemotionally look at where the games are and what's going to offer the best services, the best experience for you, has got to transcend like any you know blind loyalty that you might have just because oh that's what I had when I was a kid. I, I just I you know I, I mean I was always. Um, when I was, let me think, I was always more of a Nintendo guy when, uh, when it was like Nintendo Sega back in the day, but I just came to realize that hey, Sega has a bunch of great games too. And I just, again, you just go where the games are. Um, and you know, beyond that, in terms of an actual advice or a recommendation, I obviously would echo, uh, what Paris said one of the things I love about, uh, the Xbox ecosystem right now is the barrier to entry is so low. You don't even have to buy a piece of hardware, right? You can just buy a Game Pass subscription and play those games over the cloud on your uh, PC or get yourself one of those new fancy new Samsung TVs. We know that there's a dongle most likely on the way. There's so many different ways to get in now. I like that all access plan they thing. I haven't been seeing these ads for Verizon where you can just like, you, you can just pay a subscription that basically gets you, 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 you buy the console in installments and you get Game Pass as well. There's just so many ways to do it. Um, but yeah, I would, yeah, I would say to, to anyone who's getting into the Xbox ecosystem, I, I would say, and in fact, do say all the time, gave this advice to someone the other day when they were like, what game should I get? I just like, just get Game Pass. And that is the only answer you need. Great answers from the both of you. Yeah, I, bo- I echo what both of you say, especially for Derek, right? Derek, in my mind, I'm, I'm making my own backstory for you, but I already assume you have a PS5. <laughs> You're already set up with the best console. So don't hesitate to look in the xbox series s right all three of us has a series s we really are impressed by that small box and the power it can put out of course that will all be dedicated on what you're really looking to get out of your gaming experience 4k and beyond but i really love some of the features that xbox has that always makes me smile right quick resume i love having those games suspended and be able to turn on on a dime i love smart delivery especially in this first window that we've had with so many games sharing cross-generation being able to buy the correct game that will be the correct version that I need. Having my saves carry over with Play Anywhere is a big deal to me. I think that's something we talked about with Game Pass and Cloud Saves, right, of playing on the cloud, playing on my PC, playing over on the Xbox, 
console itself, I loved having my saves always ready to go and always being updated and correct. So that was a big deal as well for me, Derek. I see you talk about the ease of customizing my controllers. Have fun in Xbox Design Lab. Remember, of course, if you don't make the jump right into console right away, those controllers will work on your PC, whether they be wired or with the special adapter. So keep an eye out for that one. And yeah, like Paris and Gary said, if you don't want to take the full plunge into a console, look into Game Pass Ultimate, get it on your PC or on your cloud and have some fun jumping into the ecosystem. And gosh darn it, Derek, start off your Xbox journey playing Gears Hive Buster. Okay, can we all agree, Paris Lily, that Gears Hive Buster is an incredible standalone Gears They're experience gonna be so lost that in needs all the lore, more though, love. Like can, can I actually make a suggestion? Because this is, and I know we're probably going to get to this in a little bit anyways. Play it on me. You, know what I, you know what I've been playing the last week, week and a half? It started off, I was playing Gears of War, the original one, over cloud on my console. Like, I didn't even install it. I just started playing it via cloud, and I kind of got suckered into it, and I really, like, legit, I just started playing Gears of War. And that led me to jumping back into Gears 5. I've been playing Gears 5 recently so the fact that you mentioned hive busters man i gotta tell you visual is one, it's one of the best looking games out there period just just going through just the lighting effects and everything that gears 5 provides and then they top even that with hive busters so it's just been funny playing that and just thinking ahead like man what the hell is the coalition going to do with unreal engine 5 like i can't wait to see the next thing that they put out because gears 5 is just an absolute visual showcase what are y'all whipping up over there? We need to know coalition, but we'll learn soon enough. But Derek, hopefully those are some great insights from here uh, at the kind of funny X cast crew to let you know. And if you do jump into the Xbox ecosystem, let us know what you think. And hopefully you're playing some fun games, guys. We have some news topics to jump into throughout the short week that we had and some fun ones. A big positive one right now is Xbox cloud gaming usage is up in a big way right now. Of course, Xbox Cloud Gaming had a community update video over on the Xbox YouTube celebrating and looking back on the year that they just had with their cloud gaming team. Some of the big takeaways to note, usage hours are up 1,800% from last year. It was a year of improvements for the team with the cloud gaming platform, more servers around the globe to keep up with demand, expanding cloud gaming to new devices for gamers on PC, phone, tablet, console, and the new Samsung TV app, allowing for free-to-play titles to be played with Xbox Cloud Gaming without a Game Pass Ultimate subscription. Looking at you, Epic Games, and Fortnite, of course, with hopefully more games to come into that situation. Praising their touch, touch controls and all of the elevation that they've done. And, of course, performance and latency improvements to the streaming gameplay for Android and iOS players for smoother and more responsive gameplay Plus, they've added Party Chat, which is now available on the iOS side of cloud gaming. They've expanded cloud gaming into new countries, and they're always looking for more feedback because they want to continue to give you the best possible experience with cloud gaming. Paris Lilly, you hear that. You look back on the year, 1,800% in usage hours. What do you think about cloud gaming right now? I, th I think it's great. Like, obviously, I just gave the example that I'd been playing Gears of War via cloud gaming. And to see that here over the past year, it's jumped up 1,800%. Obviously, we know Fortnite is is a big factor in that. But I think it just proves the point of, you know, what we've been talking about over the past couple of years anyways when it comes to cloud gaming. Yes, having 
Game Pass Ultimate kind of be the subscription connector to get you into doing it is a great starter. But now that they're looking to to expand this to get more mass to, mass adoption, having a free to play game like Fortnite is going to be one of the big keys for them to really get more people into this. So I would absolutely imagine them, you know, making a deal with EA, getting Apex uh, as 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 an example on the cloud service as well. So yeah, having access to your games via Game Pass is great. But for people that don't want to subscribe to Game Pass, but could take advantage of cloud gaming. I think the free to play route is going to be a great starter for that as well. And I expect to see them make more partnerships along the way. Um, yeah. It, the thing with cloud gaming, the one thing that I've always said about it is, is that going to replace the experience of you having a console under your, your television? No, but it's a great supplement to that. And it, it provides the freedom of, you just want to hop in and get a quick match in another room on another device. You're on the go with a mobile phone, whatever the case, right? Just the fact that you have the ability to do that is so awesome. The fact that my Steam Deck right now, I can pull up cloud gaming on it. And as long as I have an internet connection, I can play wherever I want. It's great. So, yeah, it's it's here to stay, obviously. Um, and I'm only expecting it to get better. So, yeah, this is great news to see that it, that it's grown here over the last year or so. Do you think, Paris, really quick to stick on you, you know, we just celebrated George Jetson's first ever birthday, right? He was just born on Sunday last week. Do you think, really, you talk about cloud gaming being the, you know, the option, the side alternative, but never being the replacement. Do you think 20 years down the road, 30 years down the road, we do get to that where you don't need the console anymore, it just will be cloud streaming? I mean, there's a lot infrastructure wise, you know, just talking nerdy tech stuff for a second on the back end. There's so much that's going to have to change. I mean, the biggest thing is the latency, right? Until you crack that code and have z damn near 0% latency, no one's ever going to trust cloud gaming in, in a competitive format, a true competitive format. Um, not to mention, like when we talk infrastructure, we talk just just bandwidth speeds global adoption of having you know 5g or whatever the heck it would be 10 15 years from now across the board having that readily available and it be cost effective at the same time is the only way that you're going to see you're going to be able to look someone in the face and go you don't need a console you don't need a pc all you need is an internet connection and a device with a controller and you can play games as your primary way moving forward uh i I, I just don't see that happening anytime soon. Well, I'm saying it's never going to happen. No, I'll, ne I'll never say never, but a lot's going to have to change on the back end and, and it's going to start with latency. That's going to have to be just pretty much 0% before anyone's going to be able to take it seriously. Harry, we look back on a year with the cloud gaming team. We're celebrating. What are your thoughts on cloud gaming? I mean, you're a big you know, advocate for the dongle. Are you happy about what this team has done and the improvements that they've had over the when I've um, spoken about cloud gaming uh, in the past, I've often come across as like a bit more lukewarm on it than some others, a bit more skeptical about, you know, is the, is the infrastructure really there to support it? And Paris touched upon that. There's a good reason why we won't see it in a, in a competitive environment anytime soon. I mean, they don't even use wireless controllers, right? A lot of the time in esports, right? Everything's got to be wired up because they're not, they're not willing to, you know, tolerate any, any kind of latency or lag, you know, we were talking about like kind of like, you know, microseconds here. And so, you know, cloud, which can be quite, quite glitchy when even, even under the best circumstances sometimes. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot of use cases where I don't think it's ever going to be truly, truly viable. But I understood that the reason why I personally am kind of lukewarm on it is just because I'm not like, 
I'm not a, someone for whom cloud gaming like fills a big need. My lifestyle, if you can even call it that, is one where I don't really leave the house very much, right? I'm I'm pretty much I'm very much a homebody, and so the idea, and and also on top of that, like I'm not a big handheld gamer. I have a Nintendo Switch, but I play it pretty much almost exclusively docked on the big screen. There's something about handheld gaming is just never really super duper appealed to me. So a lot of the a lot of the benefits that that cloud gaming can offer are just not for Gary, right? They're just not my personal. Uh, thing at the same time, you know, I have to be you know, in order to, to comment on this kind of stuff. You have to be able to step out of myself and recognize that there are many, many people out there for whom it's like hugely useful, right? And so again, it it, it just comes back to the idea of you know where I, I, sh I should go back and check on it because the last time I, I I remember I was on a trip about a year ago. It was I think it was the last time I actually seriously tried to kind of use cloud gaming. I was I was on a trip. We were like an Airbnb out of town and I brought my little, you know, uh, razor, um, uh, what is it? The, the kishi. kishi, the kishi. Mm -hmm. I was going to say kimchi, the, the kishi <laughs> controller. I brought the razor kimchi with me and, uh, tried to play a little bit of like, again, what I thought would be like a pretty low spec, low, low, low difficulty game to stream. I think it was playing like uh, donut County. I thought, how hard can it be? But it was actually pretty glitchy. And I was playing over the, you know, the Wi-Fi in this house, which I thought was supposed to be pretty good. So, but that was a year ago, and so I should check in on it and 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 see where we are. I think I, I think overall, it's a great thing for gamers. It's a great thing for the industry as a whole. It's great to see. I think now you see it on the other side, right? You see, we talk about how you know a rising tide lifts all boats, and innovation breeds competition, and keeps everyone you know at their best. We see Sony like really leaning more into the cloud side, right? And one of the new PlayStation Plus tiers has the the streaming, and you know, there's a there's a, you know, a backbone controller specifically for. Uh, streaming PlayStation games now. So everyone's kind of trying to get in on this. Nintendo, God knows what they'll do. They seem to, they, they don't really care what anyone else does. They just do their own thing. But even they are doing stuff, you know, doing some cloud streaming uh, titles. It's the only way to get some of these games running on the relatively low spec Nintendo Switch. And I don't think we even touched on the idea, I know Paris has in the past, that cloud, that, that cloud technology is not just about being able to play a game somewhere without having it right. locally installed on your system, but all, but, you know, the, 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 you know, the, the, the current great example is, you know, what Microsoft, my, my, uh, sorry, Microsoft Flight Simulator is able to do, streaming in all the kind of the geo data and the map, mapping data that would be impossible to store locally, but which can now be streamed very, very quickly. So I think we're, I, I think we'll see more and more adoption. But I personally, again, as someone who likes to stay at home with, you know, my butt cheek imprint you know, firmly on the on the on the leather couch, playing on my big sixty-five inch TV, which is hooked up to wired Ethernet, um, playing games on the go. That cloud application is not for me. But I am really excited to see what I think is is the is the more exciting application of how can how can streaming data from the cloud improve those games that I'm playing at home already. Yeah. Um, and I th and I think we're going to see some some really interesting stuff in that vein um, over the coming years. Yeah, that's good stuff right there, Gary. You know, you talk about being lukewarm, and I think you know, for me in particular, I'm almost very similar to you, right? I think about the times I actually use Xbox Cloud Gaming outside of the house with how little little we travel right now and go out and about, but I am really taking advantage of it on the console, right, to check out new games that maybe I don't want to download because I have the slow mountain internet. And it's easier just to click on play from the cloud, just like Microsoft Flight Simulator. What are some of the improvements that you would need to maybe be a little bit hotter on cloud gaming? I think, I mean, one thing that I really like is, I mean, I, I have really fast internet here at home. But even, even then, installing a game can take a while. Because sometimes, even though I've got like gig internet, 
Um, it, it doesn't. It, downloading a game or installing a game from the Microsoft Store is sometimes pretty slow, just because there's there's a bottleneck at Microsoft Center. Their servers for in downloading and installing games aren't always super fast. So I see a new game that pops up in Game Pass. I'm like, oh great, I'd like to play that right away. But then you know it could be an hour to actually install it sometimes for some of these bigger games. But the options are just immediately streaming over the cloud. And again, if it's if it's performing well and it's performing just as well as um uh if i'd install it locally or like near near enough as, as makes no difference that's a, that we talk about game pass all the time as a discovery engine trying out games the ability be able to even be able to take you know we've already taken the cost out of the equation right it costs nothing for me to install a game that i've already essentially paid for through my monthly subscription if you take the time to even in, you know, to, in, to, in, to install the game in hard drive space out of the equation because I can do my usually it takes me about an hour at most to know if I'm going to want to play more than an hour of a game. If you if I'm not spending if I'm not spending the hour installing the game and just spending and and um and uh, spending that time playing it instead, then I'm able to kind of spend whatever gaming time that I have allocated for any given day to actually play a bunch of games rather than just sitting there waiting for them to install. So there's all kinds of cool applications for it. Again, I just in general, we won't see it reach its true potential until we see you know greater adoption of broadband. This is obviously a, a far bigger issue than than Microsoft can tackle by themselves. But um, you know, greater broadband adoption you know, when we start to see you know 5G. Uh, like the other, the, the really good 5G, not the shitty 5G that they advertise, but like the good ultra wideband stuff <laughs> right, you right, get yeah, yeah. on one street corner in San Francisco right now. Once that is, once that's saturated all over the map and everyone's, um, you know, getting these gig up, gig, gig down, I think people, I, I think what I like to believe and what I do actually believe is a few years from now, the idea of installing a game locally onto your hard drive when you could just play it over the cloud seamlessly will seem quite quaint. It's like, oh, do you remember when we used to do that? When we used to, you know, have Netflix DVDs delivered to our house and when we used to, um, you know, go to the record store to buy CDs. Remember when we used to install games to our hard drives? How, how silly was that? Because we'll, we'll all have moved on to living in the cloud and, and, and being able to seamlessly, you know, just jump from one game to, you know, one uninstall, uninstalled game to another. Paris Lilly, what is the improvements that you want to see out of cloud gaming? Well, it's like I, I alluded to already. To, to me, pretty much, Gary, get, blah, can't even talk, sorry. Gary pretty much covered it, but just I go back to latency. I mean, that's the thing. that Like, the future that Gary's talking about where we would laugh when, oh, remember you used to install games on a hard drive? You just instantly start playing it. Until you can 100% trust that you can control the game that you the way that you want to control it right again when we talk competitive competitive multiplayer games that millisecond bit of latency could make a huge difference so that has to almost get to a zero percent it, it just has to because until then no one's going to trust that all the time sure in a pinch you know playing in a second room on the go of course cloud gaming's great like i said i just on a goof decided, you know what, I want to play Gears. I don't feel like wasting time installing it. I just want to just check it out really quick. And I just started playing it on the cloud and it worked. It works well enough that I'm not thinking about that I'm playing on the cloud and that's great. And that's the future that we need to go to, but there are going to be scenarios and not everyone has gig internet and all of this, right? So kind of going back to what Gary was saying, until there's the saturation of 5G ultra wide and you have gig internet service globally, no, I don't I don't think it's going to be, you know, a reality that we can ditch the consoles anytime soon. 
and and I, I want to I want to uh, uh, go deeper into that because I think I think you make a really good point. And it's not necessarily just about like five G ultra wideband or you know gig up gig down or whatever you know the numbers are. It's all about at the end of the day the experience and the experience of cloud gaming for it to be for, for it to really really reach. I think mass adoption it is. You used a really good word earlier when you talked about trust. It has to be about trust and it has to be about comfort level. Like 99.9% as good as an installed game yep. is not good enough, right? Because even though most of the time you might be having a great experience, you might have like one glitch every, like one, like a half second glitch every hour, which would seem pretty good for cloud gaming. The problem is you're never fully able to relax because you never quite know when that, when is it going to happen? You yeah. never quite know when that glitch might happen, right? And it could happen at the worst possible time like i have self-driving technology in my car i never use it because i just don't trust it like i can't turn it on <laughs> i can't turn it on and then just relax right because i'm like oh but what if it makes a mistake like what if it drives me off a cliff or whatever it's not there yet and i have the same problem when i when i'm playing a cloud game like, especially if it's a twitchy game like fall guys or whatever if i were playing something like that over the cloud i'd be constantly in fear of like oh even if it was something that only happened like once every 3 or 4 hours you at the back of your mind you think is it going to happen like at the worst possible moment so until we can get to a point where it's absolutely 100% foolproof and there's almost again not almost but literally zero chance of a glitch when there's so much like you know over bandwidth and you you just don't need to worry about any kind of a glitch. I don't think, I think there are certain people like casual gamers and people like that who are playing things like Donut County or whatever, who cares? But if you're a sweaty gamer, if you're a twitchy gamer, you're not going to be able to, again, we just talked about the difference between like a wired and a wireless controller when it comes down to like a microsecond, a split yep. second where, you know, I'm from, we talk about frames win games, that moment coming at just the wrong time, you notice when things work, you don't, I was going to say, you don't, when things work seamlessly, you don't notice it, right? Because that's how it's supposed to work. When things don't work, even for only like a millisecond, you notice it and it sticks out. You notice that one frame glitch. You notice that little thing. And if it costs you in a game, in a competitive game, or you're fighting a boss or whatever, and that little glitch costs you, that's the sort of shit that will keep you awake at night for months. So it has to be perfect. It can't be anything. 99.999% is not enough. They have to get to a point where it's like, it is 100% as good. And I don't know when we're going to get to that point. I think eventually we will. But it has to. But that's where it would need to be, I think, for everyone to be truly comfortable. Uh, you guys were talking about like uh, uh, Fortnite and that uh, being a, a big platform for uh, getting uh, cloud into the hands of especially kids and stuff like that. Like, do we know exact numbers of like, you know, how many people are playing like more casual, uh, like single player titles and stuff? Because I imagine for that stuff, it's like doesn't those people do not care and it does not. Right. Matter. Yeah. It's like Donut County. Yep. Yeah. And so that that would be interesting to see, like on their end of like what they I see, mean, like the regular cloud users, what they're actually playing, and if they need to get it to that uh, end that you're talking about, Gary. Fortnite's Fortnite's a really interesting case, right? Because I talked about Twitchy Games earlier, and uh, you know I know that Fortnite now has this cloud uh, solution you can play it over the cloud, and that's very cool. But and, and if you play Fortnite casually, then fine. But again, imagine being you know in the final two in a Fortnite, you know, battle royale and you and you getting capped in the head because the cloud stuttered for like a millisecond. I'm telling you, that kind of stuff you're not going to forget and you're not going to forgive. So um, for a certain right. category of gamer, the, the kind of yeah. gamers that want to who demand peak performance, who are thinking about their frames, who are, who are thinking about like the, the really sweaty ones, that they they're going to be the last people to adopt the cloud, and I think they'll only come on board if ever when like the, the case can be made for absolutely a, absolute foolproof performance. Like so that. two two things real quick. Uh, first of all, I, I I would like to make this request. I would I would love to see if this happened. We got to try and see if we make this happen. Um, the video that that came out. 
Catherine Gluckstein was in the video and she's, I'm looking directly at her title, is the head of product and strategy for Xbox Everywhere, talking about all this stuff with cloud gaming. So going to your point, Barrett, about getting more of those numbers about who's playing casual, stuff like that, would love to have that conversation to try and better understand the audience that is actually taking advantage of cloud gaming right now outside of just Fortnite. Um, the second part, if I could derail this into Tesla talk for just a second, because this, oh, this goes into what you're talking about, Gary, this, I think this correlates. So I no longer trust my autopilot at all. I don't use it. And the mm-hmm. reason is uh, there's there's a sharp turn over by my curve over by my house where you have to slow down to 15 miles an hour to take it. And I remember my son, because he was with my wife driving, he goes, yeah, the autopilot doesn't work. And I'm like, what? I go, all right, let me go try it and see. So we get in the car and go do it. And sure enough, it it, it doesn't know what the hell to do. It it gets up right up to that curve. It does not slow down and it tries to take the curve. And I was like, oh, this yeah. car is going to kill all of us. I, go, a, I don't trust this thing at all. There are, <laughs> there are a couple of notorious black spots in California. I think there's one in Yosemite that became known as like a Tesla black spot because autopilot didn't know how to deal with this right. one particular junction or the way that a road curved or whatever. It was just like a weird blind spot in its, in its autopilot algorithm. And Teslas were piling up, you know, one crash after another. So, and again, I don't want to get too distracted. But it, it's a good analogy between, again, unless... There are certain technologies out there. And of course, we take the self-driving stuff like there's no way I'm driving. I've got kids in the back. You think I'm going to let yeah. fucking Elon Musk drive my kids around? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm more comfortable with my hands on the wheel. Thank you very much. Um, but and, and, you know, video gaming obviously is not as serious as like kind of life or death in a car accident. But again, people take video gaming very seriously. And again, they're going to be more comfortable yeah. knowing that their fate is in their own hands, whether it be hands on the wheel or the game installed locally on your, on your, on your drive. Then there's still a chance of like, other things happening, you could get like performance stutter or whatever, but why add that extra level of doubt by streaming the game through the cloud if you are one of those gamers who's like really, really, you know, who, who really, you're at that, you're at that kind of performance delta where a lot of, a lot of people, like it doesn't matter how many frames you've got, you, you, you can put me on like the best rig in the world, you know, like 200 frames a second and I'm not going to win a single game of Call of Duty Warzone because I'm shit, right? You can be the best golf clubs in the world. We're not going to play that much better because my own like inherent skill cap is, is capped at a certain level at a point where it doesn't matter how good the equipment gets, it can't help me. But if you are at, the reason why the top golf pros in the world are, are using that elite equipment that is tailored and, and made just for them is because when you reach that level, those marginal gains can only be found by the, you know, by, you know, uh, 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 increases in the, the, equi- the equipment and the performance of the, of the gear that you're using, right? So for esports pros, people like that, people who are at the very, very top of that kind of the min-max, their, their natural skill, they are now looking for high frames, high performance equipment yep. to kind of give them that edge. And that's, again, coming back to the early point, that's why I think any anything that can add any moment of doubt, any moment of, of, of losing a, even a single frame in a key moment, they're, just, they're, they're not going to tolerate that until they know there's nothing to worry about. And we're a ways off from that. Agreed. It'll- Gotta love my gaming dads bringing the real on the performance and the latency and the streaming side. I'm over here thinking I'm just waiting for them to improve, meaning giving me all of my games <laughs> to my Xbox library on cloud. That's what I want. Give me all the games so I can play them anywhere I go because I have such a large library and I can only play Game Pass games on it. Give me my full library and also give me a dedicated handheld Xbox. But guys, we're never going to get the handheld. It's so far away. So. And I got a fun little news report for you. Just a quick update. Uh, we do have a new cloud gaming handheld coming soon from Logitech G and Tencent. This is coming from the Logitech blog. 
Today, Logitech G and Tencent Games announced a partnership to bring a cloud gaming handheld to market later this year that will combine Logitech G's expertise in hardware with Tencent Games' expertise in software services. The new device will support multiple cloud ser gaming services, and both companies are working with the Xbox Cloud Gaming and NVIDIA GeForce Now teams so gamers can play AAA games when they're away from their consoles and PCs. I bring this up because, of course, all of us here have Steam Deck <laughs> now. We've seen Paris Lily. He's gone into the, the mainframe, the back end of the Steam Deck to be able to play cloud gaming games. Paris, does this give you any pause of like, this could be a great alternative for people that maybe not be able to get a Steam Deck or maybe it's a little bit easier since they're directly working with the cloud gaming team to maybe just hit a button as opposed to, I got to find some files in the back end and do this and that. I'm, I mean, I'm intrigued. I saw this and I know people see Tencent and they, you know, that gives them pause. Uh, but the fact that they're partnering up with Logitech on this, I am curious to see what this device is going to look like. What is the screen size, resolution, battery life? Obviously, you're going to have to have an internet connection to take advantage of this. Is this something that's partnering up with Verizon, as an example, right? In the United States, so some kind of cell company, so that I can be guaranteed to have connectivity no matter where I am. What is the price going to be on this? I mean, that that's going to be key no matter what they do. But yeah, you're you're going to start to see more of these. I, I, I you know, obviously we had the Samsung deal on on the television side, so it makes sense that we're going to start seeing it on the uh, handheld side as well to see these cloud specific devices that are going to be able to play stuff not just from X Cloud, but like they said, they partnered with GeForce now. Uh, on I'm sure Amazon's going to get in the mix as well. So not surprised. My biggest thing is going to be price. Let's let's see how it, the price is. And then the second big thing, obviously, is how well does it control? What do the controllers feel like? The thing that makes the Steam Deck so special is those controllers are fantastic. So it just, you want to pick it up and go play games on it because it controls so well. You don't feel like you're fighting it at all. So let's see what this Tencent and Logitech device looks like and if it can compete with it. Okay, with it, any uh, intrigue in this at all? I think it's, again, I'm not a big handheld gamer, but I'm fascinated by just as an observer, just looking at what I think it means for like the gaming landscape. I think the, the Switch and more recently the Steam Deck, uh, particularly the Steam Deck, I think given the, the huge success that it's had now, how many people like it, it's, it, I think it's going to herald like a whole new generation. I think this is like the, where the next big hardware battle is going to be fought, not necessarily the next PlayStation or Xbox generation years from now, although that, that'll obviously happen as well. But a, but a, a new category, a new generation of, of, uh, of handhelds. The Logitech one I think is interesting is Logitech. I, I, don't get me wrong, I love Logitech. I've got like, all the shit on my desk is Logitech stuff. But they typically make peripherals, right? They don't make PCs or displays or anything like that. So to see them kind of making like an actual, you know, a, 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 like a gaming console or, or Steam Deck type, <clears throat> device i think would be uh really interesting when we've talked before on the show about the x uh, the xbox handheld the, the idea of that rather than it being like a series s you know in your hand with all of the hardware locally one of the ways that we talked about how they could actually bring it to market in a really cheap way would be as purely as a, as a streaming box so less functionality but much cheaper and in an age where most of the games that we play these days even if they're single player games need an online connection just to function, whether it be for the, you know, the, um, you know, the DRM check or whatever, like, you know, most, most games won't let you uh, play these days unless, unless they're, they're maintaining a, a connection uh, to an online server. Um, why, why not just have that be the way you play the game where again, you, there's less hardware in the, in the, in the actual device, which makes it more lightweight which makes it more portable, which makes it cheaper. And again, all, again, I can come back to the same point. All of this 
ultimately depends on the infrastructure until we get to a point where mm -hmm. I feel confident that I could take um, you know, a, a handheld Xbox, which is cloud streaming only anywhere I go and have a good experience. Uh, for the most part, at least, uh, you know, again, as like as someone who's like playing you know, more casual games uh, most of the time and not being super sweaty, um, I'm, it, it's it's not something that would have a lot of use for me. But again, once we reach that magic point where a cloud gaming uh, device, like a, like a theoretical Xbox um, handheld, is as reliable and will play games anywhere that you know a locally installed, like a, like a, a Series S would play, as long as I can plug it in somewhere. Um, until we get to that point, it's not going to be for me. But I think a lot of people um, would find it really, really compelling—the idea of you know being, in a, being having a dedicated device that'll do this. And I do think I guarantee you, Razer's working on something like this. Yep. Alienware's working on something right. like this, as you said. Amazon, uh, who knows? Apple, maybe you know. Who knows what Valve's got in play? I'm sure they've got a Steam Deck too already on the drawing board. This is this is going to be the next big category, I think. All right, well, Gary, I know another thing that will get you really excited, the next possible big thing, because we have a hint at the Elite Series 3 controller possibly coming out sooner than you might think, but you're going to have to rock with me, best friends, after this quick word from our sponsors to hear all about that. No one likes waiting on a paycheck, especially when you've got bills due. Good thing there's Chime. Now you can get your paycheck up to two days early with direct deposit. That's up to two days more to save, pay bills, and generally feel good about your money situation. But Chime is more than just about getting paid early. It's also an award-winning mobile app, checking account, debit card, and optional savings account. So what are you waiting for? Hopefully not your paycheck. Get started with Chime today. Applying for a free account takes less than two minutes. Get started at Chime.com slash KF Games. That's Chime.com slash KF Games. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank or Stride Bank NA members FDIC early access to direct deposit funds depends on the payer. Have you heard about the legendary underwear brand that's taken the podcast world by storm? Famous for their buttery soft undies and bralettes, Me Undies loves podcasts just as much as you do. It's like they're made for you and you're made for them. You're made for each other. Now, of course, ladies and gentlemen, you know I love my Me Undies because they're the most comfortable underwear I've ever had and because they have great patterns. As the king of Halloween, my candy corn pair never fails to make me smile. Everyone knows Me Undies for their super soft undies and comfy bralettes, but did you know they also make other stuff? We're talking about durable, cushy socks that will make your feet sing. They even make hoodies for your dog so you can match every important person in your life. Available in sizes XS to 4XL and tons of colors and prints. Meonis has a great offer for my listeners. Any first time purchasers can get 20% off plus free shipping and returns. To get 20% off your first order, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. That's MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. All right, everybody, welcome back. Gary Whitty, you are a controller guy here in the Kind of Funny X cast, and I have a special one for you coming from friend of the show, Jez Corden, of course, from Windows Central Gaming and the Xbox Two podcast. And if you know Jez... You know he's got his finger on the pulse and probably knows something we all don't. So this is actually coming from a tweet from friend of the show, Idle Sloth, who puts out a lot of tweets and says, update, um, Extra S1 STV has a new source that has corroborated that the Elite version 3 will be tied to a major release in 2023. Also, the peripheral for Forza will be released in 2023. He assumes it will be a steering wheel and doesn't know if it's a pro, uh, licensed or uh, prior, 
Oh, sorry about that. Mispronouncing that. Um, but yes, Gordon goes on and says, hmm, you might see a new elite controller before then. Paris Lily, I see you smiling and you know, I've gone through about five elite controllers here <laughs> and I'm hoping for the best for this elite version three. Is this a Gamescom announcement? It's time because I, I'm trying to remember because I was at Gamescom 2019 and I remember the elite came out. The elite series two came out right after that. And I feel like I went hands on with it at Gamescom, but I could, I could, the memory might be fuzzy. So if you look time-wise, I mean, it's been three years. Seems about right. Wouldn't be surprised, especially now that we're in the next generation of, of hardware. You would want to get a share button on the Elite controller, you know, at a minimum. So I could definitely see a new design Elite controller coming out. Um, yeah, yeah, it would make sense. It would not shock me at all to see that being announced at Gamescom. It's an exciting one for me as well, Pear. Seeing that and knowing that it could be sooner than I thought. I honestly thought we might stop at version two and not mm. go anywhere further, right? I mean, it's already a hefty price tag. It is a premium controller. It's not on Design Lab, right? It is, hey, right. this is the controller you get. We've really, we've done a great job with that. As much as I've gone through and just had shoulder button problems, the stick drift, and just breaking these controllers, I am always impressed with the quality. It is the best controller on the market for that price tag, especially. But the idea of having version three, like you said, share button, and I definitely want to see some somehow reconstructing that to make those shoulder buttons stronger because i need more durability out of this unfortunately gary 2023 excite you at all yeah i was looking at right as paris mentioned it i mean it feels like it's time right this elite 2 came out in 2019 mm -hmm. so um the time frame seems about right um the uh, you know it, it is a little bit outdated now because it's, it's missing that share button even the um even that really really cool master chief edition they just put out yeah. you know is missing that it is essentially just a reskinned <laughs> elite 2 controller and that share button that gets a lot of use in my house i'm all, you know, my kid my kid and i were both always grabbing screenshots and little videos and things it's really nice having it right there on the pad and you miss it when it's not there um i don't know too much about what i would want i mean it's already i mean they've got it really really refined at this point right it's a really really premium controller it feels really really good in the hand so many ingenious little features like i love that you can charge it in the case that the case is also like a charging dock for the controller um the paddles and stuff one of the things that i discovered this is a funny story i was talking about earlier about how like you know if you're crap at golf like elite golf clubs are not going to help you right uh at the same time like a, a great pro can like pick up any rental clubs and probably play still play a good game because it's about how good you are not how good your equipment is when i was trying to get good at halo infinite back in the day I was so desperate to get better. I busted out my Elite 2 controller and I plugged in the paddles and I was trying to map buttons to things that um, uh, you know made more sense to me. I was tightening the tension on this. This is the thing I didn't know you could do, but you can tighten the tension on the thumbsticks, yes. right? To make yeah, them looser or tighter. And I had my my aim in, in in Halo was just always very, very kind of loose and all over the place. I was over and I was oversteering, overshooting all the time. So I like ratcheted the tension on the sticks right up to their highest tension to try and like dial my aim in a little bit better. As it turned out, I was just crap at Halo. And no, and and no, no amount of like fancy controller is gonna help me. But again, for those people who are who are at that top end where having better equipment is going to start to kind of add marginal gains and marginal improvements to their game. I think it's really, really cool. I don't, so I don't have a ton of shopping list items for a new controller other than the share button, which obviously is a given. Of course, the elite controller three is going to have 
the share button. Um, the only other thing I can think of is I was going to say, is there a way they can make it cheaper? But I just don't think that's part of what the how the elite controller is marketed. The no. fact that the fact that it's expensive <laughs> is part of what makes it. Well, you know, you want to you want the best. You got to you got to you got to pay the money. This is the elite controller. This is an, and it is really expensive, right? I mean, it's really it, it's good, but man, do you do you pay for it? It's very very pricey. The only other thing I can think of is finding some way. I don't know if if, if the way that they're manufactured and fabricated is in any way compatible because it's entirely different materials. But if there was some way to integrate it into the design lab to, yeah. to, to, to customize it in some way, I think that would be a really attractive proposition. That Master Chief controller is so cool. Even if they just added currently what PlayStation does, right? They don't have a design lab, but they at least offer, you know, black, white, uh, like, you know, blue, uh, purple and red control. There's at least a range. I would like a, a range of colors. Uh, for the Elite Controller 3, so you can feel like a little bit like it's personal to you would be really good. But it's already so refined. It's hard, it's hard for me to look at and go like, well, what, what else could I ask for in this controller? Because it already you know, does, does what it does so well. Well, you look over at the other side, right? We talked about uh, adaptive triggers and what those have brought into the PlayStation side. We also talk about haptic feedback and the vibration there, right? And I think for the Elite Controller, I actually do like being able to move my triggers in different settings right having them super small like a mouse clip having them extra long for driving games right so i don't know if i need the adaptive triggers at all i'm not a big fan of that on the playstation side but the haptic feedback i really really enjoy and i would like to see a little more refined hd vibration coming out of that elite controller instead of you know i think it's very solid but i think it's just like an overwhelming vibration instead of the pinpoint accuracy that that haptic feedback does bring back which i like a lot one of the things I really like about the uh, Elite Controller currently, um, and it was something I didn't even know that you could do, but when I was quite quite embarrassingly trying to get better at Halo by using the Elite Controller, and I went into the software, um, you know, you can reprogram all the buttons, and you have to you, know, you have to tell the the controller what you want the paddles to do, right? For example, if you're going to use the paddles, and so you go into the Xbox little um, little you know, piece of software, and it'll help you remap them. One of the things that I really like is that thing they call a shift. Have you seen this? It's called a shift button. So you can assign one of the paddles to be the shift button, which basically remaps all the other buttons. So if I press the A button, it's the A button. But if I hold down the shift paddle and press the A button, it's going gonna, it's gonna to do whatever is remapped to that. So it basically lets you kind of map the controller twice, once unshifted and once shifted. There's, there's, there's such a, it's a very, very thoughtful and very clever degree of customization. If you really want to go down that rabbit hole and have that controller working just the way that you want it, um, they can do really. They can do some really amazing things. To, to your point about, about some of the stuff that the DualSense does, I still believe, as much as I'm an Xbox guy, I still believe that uh, the DualSense kind of won the controller wars this round. I still prefer the feel of the Xbox controller in my hand because I like the offset sticks. But every time I play PlayStation games less often than I play Xbox games. But every time I pick up a PlayStation native game and I'm playing the the adapt the adaptive you triggers, you know the the, yeah. the different you know the, the different tensions on the trigger pole that developers can map any way that they want the 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 more you know uh, refined haptic feedback rather than just essentially a buzz you know just a very generic rumble which is what the Xbox controller still gives you and the fact that they can program sounds to come out I told you my wife was playing Stray the other night and when the cat meow came out of the controller she was so delighted by it because it's such a cool little gimmick and yeah. the ability just to do things like that I think I would what I would like to see for this net for the next generation of my this won't just be something they'll do for the elite because developers aren't going to like program game specific features just for the very very small subset of elite controllers but for the next generation Xbox controller I would like to see um, Microsoft, uh, you know, may, maybe take a few pages out of the dual sets book. Cause there's some cool features on that side. 
Paris Lily, before we get out of this, we actually have a kind of funny best friend watching live over on Patreon right now. MCAP33 says, what do you guys think is the 2023 game that will release alongside this controller? What do you think is going to be the uh, the draw of this, Paris? Is it standalone? Or if you were to put it next to a game, what game would you put it next to? He, he read my mind because I kind of think if you do this early 2023, it's got to be Forza. I, I would think Forza, and I think they wouldn't just stop at an elite controller. You probably partner with Logitech or whoever, and you have a Forza-themed uh, steering wheel as well. And then for those that don't want a steering wheel, here's our brand new Elite 3 controller that's Forza-themed that, that you could present. And then I kind of like Gary's idea because I don't think this i don't think an elite controller makes it into design lab i just don't think it would be cost effective to try and try and do it on that scale to be that customizable but yeah give us give us different colors give us different colors of, of the elite controller you know you're selling this as a premium product treat it as, as such you can have some some high-end you know color designs that that you put in there on the elite controller and things going to sell like hotcakes regardless but i think if you're going to tie it to a game as a part of its debut Forza seems to be the one you would probably start with. I would imagine something like Starfield. I could see a an elite themed controller that that goes along with that. You know, some of their smaller games that will come from their internal studios, I probably wouldn't want to do an elite controller with. But the big the big guns, absolutely. Like on down the line, Hellblade Two, Perfect Dark, Fable. I could see them starting to you know iterate on those with the big games, and they have a, a themed controller like the Halo one, obviously you know, that we got from infinite, but yeah, I think they could make that a trend. And then you get the series three. Now you got the share button, better build quality. So you stop breaking yours, Mike. And uh, we just go from there. But uh, well, you, know, you know, one, one thing that I've never really thought about, but listening to Paris talk about it, got me thinking about it is the idea of like, you know how they do like a console refresh mid generation, like a play PlayStation slim or whatever. Never really seen this, but it would be enjoyable. Well, they kind of did it with the PlayStation I guess they kind of did it with the PlayStation 2 when they brought on the uh, the, the, the DualStock, DualShock sticks for the first time. Oh, the PlayStation 1, they brought in the DualShock sticks for the first time. The idea you could do like a mid-generation yeah. controller refresh where they just, hey, guess what? Now now all Xboxes ship with the, with the Generation 2 standard Xbox wireless controller. The old ones will still work, but this is what's shipping from now on, and game developers would be more likely to support that because it's not just a subset of Elite controllers, but it's like it's the new... And you can also go out and buy it separately, of course, and upgrade the controller to your existing console. So like maybe like a year or two years from now, there is like a controller refresh that would add some of the cool dual set stuff and get us, and, 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 you know, get us closer to some parity there uh, without having to... Because we always assume that the, 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 the controller gets updated when the console does. But why not update the controller midway through a generation? So shout out to controllers and being able to carry over your Xbox One controllers and vice versa. Uh, funny enough, a couple nights ago, I tried to play NCAA Football 14, but it's on my 360, and the 360 controller went bad. And there I was trying to turn on an Xbox One controller with it. And I was like, why won't this do this? I thought they had that. And then I looked over, and I was like, oh, that's an Xbox One controller. Whoops, I'm on a 360. Went and bought one. But uh, guys, last week, Paris, I know you missed out on it, but I saw you did respond to the Xbox tweet. And we talked about our first game, the last game, the games we're looking forward to. And I opened up, Paris. I opened up to the world, and I opened up to Gary and said, I've never played a Zelda game. And a lot of people gawked and odded yeah. that when I said that. But I thought this would be a fun little chance for us to you know, talk and hang out and get to know each other like we've always done week to week on games and franchises that you might have missed in your gaming history. Of course, I'm lucky enough here on the Kind of Funny X-Cast 
by my two gaming dads, these two incredible dudes who have been in the industry for so long and have played so many games. But I know everyone has a little bit of a blind spot. Everybody has a couple of games that they might have missed out on and they've just never really gotten back to that is maybe critically acclaimed or just beloved. And so I wanted to ask you both, what are a game or a franchise that maybe you haven't played and maybe you can help me with the two that I've missed and hype them up for me to get me to play them because I know both of you have played the both of mine. So Gary and Paris, I'll let you think on that for just a second. I'll start off with me. Paris, I'm sad to report that I have never played a Splinter Cell game. And I know that one hurts because they are badass and they look cool as can be. But back in the day, I wasn't into stealth games. I remember booting up one, one time and I was in a small training area and I was riding across a small zip line, Jimmy and Shurian. I was crawling underneath the mud and different barrels. And right after that, I said, nope, I need a little more action. And I turned it off. And I missed that entire game franchise. But I do now love Hitman. Everything that IO Interactive has done. I think I might like Splinter Cell, but there's no new games. And old games are old, Paris. Should I still try Splinter Cell? And where should I start? Uh, yes, you should. And people might disagree that I think you should start here, but I say you start at Chaos Theory. Damn the story and the, and the legacy from the other Pandora Tomorrow and the original. Just start with the best Splinter Cell that's been made. That would be my recommendation. Um, I actually, cause I, I, I downloaded chaos theory. I have it on the Xbox because it actually holds up pretty well. I, I was oh, okay. dabbling around with it, um, some weeks back. I wonder, I, I probably doubt the original Splinter Cell holds up that much. Maybe on PC, it's probably a little better. Okay. I would start with chaos theory. I mean, you know, keeping this more Xbox theme, I would start with that. I think the story in it is fantastic. Obviously just all the spy mechanics, the gameplay loop that, that you'll be able to do in it is great. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure the multiplayer side of it doesn't exist anymore, but, <laughs> but, uh, you know, spy versus mercs and the co-op stuff and all that was great for its time as well too. But, uh, yeah, to me, just one of the best games ever. Absolutely love chaos theory. Good to know. I see a lot of love for it each and every year. Whenever, of course, Ubisoft hits the stage for an E3 presentation. And, uh, that's one game I never played, but backwards compatibility. I have them all. I bought them all have never turned them on so i'll think about that paris next time i'm looking for a game to play in a dry 2022 gary i tailored this one for you because you've talked about it and how much you love it crimson skies gary i've never played crimson skies i mean it's Do sitting I right there you can you can go grab it right now mike there's nothing stopping you <laughs> it's right there i don't know how well it holds up on i'm a little, every time i'm scrolling through the um you know the back back compat library i see it there i'm like oh man but you know i i feel very strongly about nostalgia and not messing with it sometimes things are just best left in your kind of rose tinted spectacles memory there are there are many games that i was fond of uh, as a much younger man and i went back years later to revisit oh i had such great memories let me go home and revisit that and you go back and go ah oh, it's not quite as good as i remember or like you're trying to recapture something that can't ever really fully be recaptured so i tend to be a bit more hands-off about games from my youth i'm happy just to kind of um you know kind of freeze them in amber and just have them in my memory than rather go back and and try to recapture something okay okay i like that gary so now i've opened up to the two of you in the world i need you to open up to me what is a game or franchise that maybe you haven't played or given a try to? Gary Witta? Oh, go, go Pairs. Yeah, Pairs. Okay. Uh, yeah, over. I got it. I got it. So a franchise that I've Ooh. never tried that I obviously hear always hear great things about is Kirby. 
Never tried it. Oh. Never never tried Kirby oh. at all. And the okay. perfect time to get in as well because the new game oh. is terrific. New game's coming out, yeah. No, the now new we, one that's out right now, the forgotten. So Kirby and the Forgotten. Oh, it, oh, it, it is out. Yeah. That's, already that, that's been out for a while, and I oh, and I okay. honestly think that that is going to be a game of the year contender this year. It's it's probably, I, I think it's a, a good contender to be Nintendo's game of the year, especially now that Breath of the Wild has has mm-hmm. slipped. Um, and the yeah, the new one, Dream Buffet. Is it Dream Buffet? That's going to be a lot of fun as well. This is a good year for Kirby games. Oh. Gary, Gary you you're discounting I know Mario nothing. Plus. <laughs> I know you hate the rabbits, but you're discounting Mario Plus rabbits. Oh, that's I know. yeah. Don't smack the rabbits. Like don't that. smack I, the I, rabbits. I think, I think, when I think Mario Plus Kirby, rabbits, I, I know, is Kirby also technically that. a Ubisoft developed game as well. That's going to be the most fire Nintendo release. And also, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Three, people are really loving. Ooh. I think, I think Kirby's yeah. got it. Yeah, as for that. Paris, I'll chime in because I actually played my first Kirby game this year, which was Kirby in the Forgotten Lands, and it is up there. This is possibly a top three to top five game of the year for me right now. It's I had a an absolute blast. It's a banger. It's a must play for sure if you want to give that a try. So I encourage you to check it out for sure. So I, actually, I'm going to cheat. I have two more. So I have I have another franchise that I've never played that I'm sure people are going to, I can hear the angry comments coming already. Bayonetta, never played it. Oh. Never played it. I hear great things. I hear it's great, but I've never played it. Isn't there a uh, new one coming out soon? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Yep. I think that's three part third one, right? Aren't yeah, being three? three, I believe. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah I've never, never played, played that either. Uh now, it looks like what? It looks pretty dope. Looks dope. Yeah, I'm just yeah, it does. Now a game I've never played, and I think I might have told the story on here why I've I boycotted it and have never played it. But uh I've never played Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. That Paris. would be the one that I know, I know, That's I know. The best one. I know. The worst one. It's the worst one. My, okay, Mike, <laughs> shut the. F- oh my god. <laughs> god. Here's the here's the here's the unfortunate thing, Paris. Like Mike had to watch that game hmm? through uh, like Discord while I played it while we played yeah. it on stream. So he doesn't understand like just like on a, a like a gameplay design level of like the the master of uh, class of that game, you know. And it's such a great story. Oh, you got to check that one out. Well, well, I can't remember if I told the story on here or not. The reason I've not played it is because Kojima made me mad with the Okie Doki did in Metal Gear Solid 2, and I gave up on Metal Gear. I haven't, haven't played Metal Gear since. <gasps> with Erikai Pliskin, bro. He wasn't happy about yeah. riding an Erikai Pliskin. <laughs> no, I was not. I was like, damn you, Jones. Oh, my gosh. That's, so you were so mad that you didn't even go for number three. You said, no, nope. get that jabroni. I did that. I, I passed on four. Nope. Oh, five, the way it all comes that. together in four. Come on. I, oh, well, I wouldn't yeah. know. Paris, I wouldn't know. This as man was yeah, even a who, tail. Like, I loved the bit that I had for years. The only Metal Gear <laughs> game I'd ever played was Survive. The one like that's terrible oh, wow. that they made after uh, Kojima had left, you know, and the, I, the only reason I played that was for work uh, uh, at, at IGN at the time. And so... And I was always kind of dismissive about the series, but then like ha- going through it all, it's definitely worth the journey, at least through four. I still have not touched Peace Walker or five or anything, but like how he seems to like, at least at the time, tie it all together in those first four games, Paris. It's, I think it's really worth it. Oh my gosh. And five pairs is so good. I had to ditch Baird. I couldn't wait over winter break. I was riding such a high. We were going str- right to we were gonna come back from break and start the year on our streams playing Metal so Gear Solid good. 5. And Mike had the audacity to cheat on me over winter break. And it hurt. It hurt my soul. What an incredible game. Open world, stealth, espionage, action. You are doing so much in that game. And the story is still fun to me. I know a lot of people definitely bash the story, but I liked it just as much as I liked one through four. But dang, number three 
and four and five dang pairs. You got some metal gear to play, man. You got some uh, metal gear to play. Or I don't. <laughs> or, or you never go. You never go. You never, he never learns about the, the, oh man. Okay. I like that pairs. That's a good one. Gary, what are your turn? What do you got I to mean, open up with us? I, I, I've got, I, I, mean, I, I could rattle off some, some big ones that will probably really oh, okay. offend you, but I, I make no apologies for it. You have to remember, I come from a different background, right? I come from the UK where we had different systems and, ga and gaming was a different scene. We had the Nintendo systems, we had the Sega systems, but I grew up mainly on home computers. I grew up on the, the, the Spectrum and the Commodore 64 and the Amiga. And in that scene in particular, I grew up playing games. The, 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 those games were mostly from... They were made. From, they were made in the UK. We had a huge kind of homegrown, you know, UK video game scene. A lot of games coming from Europe, and we'd, the US was kind of like our Japan. Like games that came from the US were considered like exotic and cool, and like, oh, these guys are like the masters of making games. This games from the US. It's got to be good. That was kind of how we we often view games in, in, in the way that Americans now look at games and historically have looked at games from Japan. It's like, oh yeah, this game comes from like from like the cultural heart of where like games are made. But yeah, I can. I mean, so all right, I'll just rattle off a few. I love. Never, Never played a Castlevania, never played a Mega Man, oh. never played a Metroid. Okay, uh, I've never played least, any of those either. So I guess so I know you'll notice these are all like these are all kind of like Japanese games, right? Because again, I never yeah. played a lot of Japanese games. Even more recently, and this is changing because you know I two of the two of the biggest oh my god, where has this game been been all my life experiences I've ever had with Japanese games? Persona Five and Yakuza Like a Dragon, and so that has really kind of opened me up to wanting to play more Japanese games. Um, I've never played a Final Fantasy game, but I'm, that's going to change because I've, I've had Final Fantasy VII uh, Remake Integrate or whatever it's called sitting on my PlayStation 5 forever. I think I'm finally going to get around to that. I've never played a Devil May Cry. I've never played a Bayonetta. Probably the other biggest one is I've never played... What was the other one I was, I was, I was going to mention? Oh, I've never played a Nier but I really want to play Nier Automata because Nier was back in the news recently for some weird reason. Right, right. And, there's been a and there's been a bunch of... Um, Stories going around about how like Nier Automata is still like one of the great, you know, the greatest game you've never played or whatever. So I think I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna install that and try that as well. There's a ton of Japanese games where I've got a lot of big blind spots. Okay, okay. I, I'm very similar with Gary. I haven't played any of those games that he just listed at all. I saw you give us the face on Castlevania. Who gave, me, who gave me a face? Oh, on that oh, one, I, I did. I, I, I did. Gave us just, a face like, oh, snap. Well, just, you know what I, mean? I mean, I mean, you know, we're 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 close in age, and just the NES days. I mean, mid eighties. That was it. Your NES days were my Commodore sixty four days. We just ah, had different systems yeah. that we grew up on. Yeah. I watched the Castlevania Netflix show. Super badass. Like very very good stuff. I don't know if but, the games would do that, you know. Well, but I am actually shocked that you've you've never played Mega Man. That that one does surprise me. I mean, the first Again, three, it, anyways, were classics. Mega Again, it, 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 it's 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 such a cultural difference. You you being shocked that I've never played Mega Man is like me being shocked that you've never played Manic Miner or Jet Set Willy. Right, because no, those are the big no, games. That's all not right, the same. Right? That's I not know the you same, Gary. It absolutely is because in the eighties in the UK when I was playing games, those games were as big as as the games you're talking about in the US in the 80s. Absolutely. I know you think I'm making the names of these games up to fuck with you, <laughs> but I swear they're real, they're real games. Harris, I want you to know, last week I started off the show with what I thought Gary would love because he took us old school way back in the day and I brought up Tin Worm in the Can and he was like, no, Mike, that's not what it was. Gary, there was a game that you were like, oh, you don't know about... Funky Bunch in the tin can, and I was like, "What is I mean, that game?" There, we looked it there, up. There, there was a game called Fat Worm Blows a Sparky. That's it, Gary. That was the game. <laughs> is that the one you were looking for? Close. 
I was. Oh, we had to Horace go skiing. We we did not know how to name games in the eighties, man. We had some shitty names for games. <laughs> yeah, we still don't know how to name games. <laughs> oh <be> my <laughs> gosh, you two are incredible, and I appreciate you guys opening up with us. Of course, down in the comments below. Instead of getting, I have mad, a bonus. Oh, I have a bonus because I, like I didn't even like think that. about this until I just heard heard I heard Gary mention it. I've never played a Persona game. Oh, yeah. I know Barrett. Ooh. Don't kill me. No, well, it's I, coming to the, also, coming like, to the Xbox now. I know. I didn't. I know. The, before Persona, the last JRPG that I had played was uh, it was when I was really young, and it was either the Final Fantasy X or Seven because like I I kind of experienced all those games at the same time because I had. When I was young, all of those games had already been out, so I was. Uh, For me, it them. was the, the the only JRPG I'd ever played prior to Persona was Paper Mario. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> so yeah, like <laughs> I only funny. got into Persona back in 2017 when it came out, and the only reason I played it was because I was assigned to that game at IGN. So when people are like, "Oh, I've never played it," like, no, I, I, I never try to give too much shit, but I always just try to encourage, especially when it's coming to Game Pass in a couple months. You know, like check that shit out because it's dope. Oh, okay. Yeah, what? do I, I, not not to sidetrack in that. Have they dated that? Do we know uh, when it's Persona coming? Persona Five Royal was, I think, from the jump, dated for October twenty first. Okay, okay. The other okay. two, Persona Three and Persona Four, are still kind of up in the air on when they're coming to Game Pass and like other consoles. Like the only thing that we know the date of is Royal coming to all platforms on the twenty first of October. You know when yeah, you, when you when you truly love a game is when you're genuinely excited for someone else who's never played it to play yeah. it for the first time. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like you're almost envious of that person getting to experience <laughs> it for the first time. Yep. Guys, thanks for being open with us. And as I was saying, down in the comment section below, instead of getting mad, why don't you leave a comment down below? Let me know what game or franchise you haven't played so we can share in some of the gaming blind spots that we have. And maybe you can go play it during the downtime that we have for 2022. Guys, I was going to segue in to the Sony comments about Activision and Blizzard's acquisition with Xbox, but we'll talk about that next week as there's still a lot of information. It's still being translated from that Brazilian government document. And we'll talk about that next week about the importance of Call of Duty and what it means with Sony's comments on how awesome Call of Duty is. But we'll talk about that uh, next week. Guys, thanks for an awesome week. It was a short week. It's Tuesday, now Wednesday for everybody listening. Yeah. So hopefully you enjoyed that. We'll be back next week. We'll talk about that Activision Blizzard comments from Sony and much more. So thank you all so much for tuning into another kind of funny X cast. Peace.